The following program has been pre-recorded. This week on Belonging, we'll talk to Megan Kriskovich, a junior at Vanderbilt University. She talks about her life in college, her faith, and how she learns to let things be to find freedom in life. Not focus on the past and not worry about the future. Um, hearts anxious about the future are not open to the grace of the present. Um, that's one line in it that I've really been praying with and depending on um, the past week. This week on Belonging, next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stayskull, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com. Or try Theology on Tap, where you can gather with other people in their 20s and 30s like you who want to learn more about their faith while enjoying a beverage together. Join Theology on Tap Nashville on Facebook for events and times. Welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. We're a show that provides guidance to young adults as they journey through life and continue to grow in their faith. Father Javon, the chaplain at University Catholic, joins us each week. And my name is Zach Jansen. I'm a 24-year-old living in Middle Tennessee and here to go through life with you. Uh, our guest this week is Miss Megan Kriskovich, a junior at Vanderbilt University here in Nashville. And uh, she's here to be a guest on our show. Megan, thanks for being here today. Very excited to be here. Well, well tell us a little bit about yourself. So are, where are you from originally and, and where are you right now as a young adult? Yes. So I grew up um, in Marietta, Georgia. I was born in Michigan, but like don't really remember anything because, you know, I was four. Um, but I grew up in Marietta, which is a suburb of Atlanta, like 30 minutes north. Um, but I've got two older sisters. Um, so I'm the baby. And yeah, I ended up here at Vanderbilt for school studying education and math. And, you know, here I am today doing a podcast. What, what was it that brought you to, to Vanderbilt to pursue such a degree? I mean, it's a little yes. bit different, I suppose. But uh, what, what struck your heart to come here to Nashville? Yeah, I um, heard about Vanderbilt because my sister had wanted to go there for, like, engineering, different. But um, I toured it and just really fell in love with it. And they do have a really great education program. And so I knew that. Um, and so just always kind of kept it in the back of my mind as an option. Never in a million years imagined I would get in and end wow. up here. Um, so it was definitely my dream school. But, yeah, I got in and honestly took it as a sign and was very lucky that my parents um, were encouraging of me and let me, you know, go to my dream school and have, you know, a really great four years and invest in my education and hopefully become a great teacher one day. Is that, is that kind of the goal is to educate and to teach? Yes. The next yeah. Level? So I want to do high school math. My dream is to teach calculus. I'm in like a practicum right now where I'm observing calculus class and it's just like, it is life giving. So what you're saying is you like to see people suffering. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, li I like math. Don't bring me wrong. Do, do you suffer in math? Like do you, when you do math, does, is it suffering for you? Not if I use a calculator. <laughs> or ask Google. I, I would like to be a math teacher so that people don't think of math and associate it with suffering. Okay, thank you. The redemption part of math. So I see that, that you're a big part of UCAT here in, in Nashville. And how did that apply as a, as a young person growing up 
in Georgia. What was your faith like there? I know you say you were a big part of the church with, with Livy here and the staff, but um, uh, what, what was your faith like growing up as a, as a teenager uh, in Marietta? Yeah, so in high school was kind of when I really got into it. We have a really great life teen program um, at my home parish, and my sister was in it, and she was really excited about it, and it just seemed like a lot of fun. And everyone there was like really good friends with each other and they just had a lot of fun and they had this joy um, that was really attractive. And so, yeah, I just started going to things and we have a confirmation retreat freshman year and I just had an encounter with Jesus in the Eucharist and it just really kept me coming back and the community that I found there, like all of my best friends in high school were from um, Life Teen. And so it was really fun to kind of have friends from different schools um, and it was just really good. And so I knew coming to college that my faith was something that I really wanted to continue to pursue. So is that the moment, would you say something kind of clicked in you, like eighth grade going into freshman year, like, like that, wow, this is who I am as a young woman? Yeah, for sure. Of like, there is something more. And I feel like, you know, there's obviously still so many more moments of that, of like getting to see God because he's infinite. So like, there's so much more to learn about, but definitely that moment is kind of like, the click, I guess. Yeah. It's interesting to say too, that this, the little things that, that you were just having fun with it and being involved with the youth group. Cause I think, especially on the Catholic perspective, I feel like the cliche is that it's not super fun as a high schooler. Like it's something that your parents force you to go to and you have to put your cell phone away. But then you see like the, the Protestant side of it, maybe like the, the Baptist side here in middle Tennessee, it's like of, of the church of like what's happening now, like the feel good Jesus kind of thing where you can raise your hands up. That's that's one way to do it, I guess. But you found so you find did you find that connection in college too? Did you know that coming to Vanderbilt that that's what you you wanted to continue, or did UCAT just kind of fall into your lap and you're like, wow, this is a thing? UCAT was definitely something that I had to pursue. <laughs> my Wait, was father there when you got there? No, was father it, was he not, wasn't there. Okay, um, he came my sophomore year. Yeah, uh, my parish back home is not super similar to um, UCAT. Um, I just wasn't used to, like, the traditional masses and all of this stuff. And so it was almost like a culture shock and coming to college where everything is new. And then the mass almost seemed new, too, even though, like, I had been going. Um, That's a good point. Sometimes, So just sometimes does mass feel different to, to, to people? I know we, we joked about the Jesuits a couple weeks ago. But even, like, a more traditional kind, is that kind of like a bizarre shock to people sometimes, Father? I, I, I think it is. You know, I, and I think that... <laughs> I personally, we, and we talked about this before, I don't like this, oh, I'm conservative or I'm a liberal. You know, I'm Catholic, yeah. you know. For Mass, we read the, ra- the, the black and Jew the red. So, like, on the Roman Missal, there are some rubrics. Mm-hmm. You know, there's red things that tell you what to do. And then the black letters tell you what to say. Mm-hmm. So, if you do that, you, you're okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I personally don't like that whole oh i came from a liberal parish or you know a conservative parish or you came from a catholic parish yeah it was just like the mass was different and i felt that yeah yeah which obviously like the mass the core of it was the same like it was still jesus in the eucharist and doing the same readings and the same prayers um but just kind of the way that it was presented yeah more different different kind of music yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and just like a different culture too yeah different vibe well so is that has your 
Uh, what, what did you see when you came in, I guess, her sophomore year? Did you kind of notice Megan be a, being a part of, like, the community here? And, like, I know you joked about walking from campus with your dog, just saying, like, hi, how are you? But you just kind of form that friendship with uh, all the students that you're, you're seeing yeah, there. Yeah, I so think intimate. it's, you know, it's kind of, it's interesting because when I came in, you know, University Cat was there for 13 years, you know, so it's, it's not that I came and did anything. We just kept going where, well, you know, what was going on, what yeah. was going on and, you know, working with the leadership and like, and I think that's kind of, and we talked about, about a lot about this, you know, proposing Jesus Christ and form his disciples. It's kind of a, a line that everybody knows and everybody talks about. And I always go back to that. You know, we propose Jesus Christ. And then when people come, we form his disciples. Mm-hmm. Yesterday we were having a leadership uh, board meeting. And, you know, it's like, guys, we're going to, you know, we're going to invite you to go to the heights. You know, we're going to invite you to be a better version of yourself because that's what we call to do. You know, if when we have that personal encounter with Jesus Christ, we are called to... Yeah, we good, but how can we be, be better? Mm. Have, you, have, have you found that in your life, Megan, that like you've gone from like like a, a, a better version of yourself over your time in college, even like where you were a year ago today, maybe last February, have you seen the change in yourself just like as, as a person in your character? Yes, in a sounding yes. I'll have moments, um, like especially within just kind of my close group of friends of like things that I say, like even just like saying things that I need or like voicing my needs has been one thing that I've grown in. And just I'll like say something in a conversation and then I'll go like, oh, that was growth. Like, look at that. <laughs> and so it's definitely just little things. And I think um, like within the past year, I've been actually started praying like daily holy hours. And I think that that's definitely like the cause of um all of these changes and all of this growth comes from what, the Eucharist. What do you do in a daily holy hour? Oh, that's a really good question, Father Thank you. G. Um, so as the name, you know, insinuates daily, so every day just um, an hour of prayer, uh, usually in front of the Blessed Sacrament, the Exposed Eucharist, which we are super lucky to have a lot of adoration at UCAT. We have an hour before a daily Mass, and this week we have perpetual adoration, so like 24 hours of adoration from Sunday night um, to Friday night. So we are very lucky as a community to be able to have access to the sacraments. But what do you do in that one hour? What do I do in that one hour? You so know, you get there and you say, really Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then, <laughs> you know, it depends. Some days I just, like, sit um, and just, like, look at Jesus um, and just have his gaze upon me. Some days I complain <laughs> There's some days when you don't want to be there, I bet. Some days the hour feels literally so long. Like I, it was like a couple Sundays ago after our Holy Hour before Sunday Mass, it just felt so long to me. And I turned to one of my friends afterwards and I'm like, so that Holy Hour. And then at the same time I say it felt long and she said it felt short. <laughs> and we just <laughs> looked at each other and we were like, oh, okay. Um, so yeah, sometimes it feels like the longest hour ever. Sometimes it feels short and I could stay and pray even longer. Um, sometimes I pray the rosary. I have spiritual reading right now. I'm reading interior freedom. Um, super great. 10 out of 10 recommend. I do a lot of journaling, um, in my prayer, just kind of like process things. Um, and yeah, just kind of slowly also like having time to listen, um, and just really getting to know Jesus's voice and 
just like sitting with that. Um, so yeah, like every hour looks different, but all of them are good. Was that something that started new for you in college? Like I, maybe the concept of adoration was familiar, but the fact of kind of making that a habit of prayer, um, that's, that's incredible that you do it every day. So. Yeah, and so many people too doing it with you. It sounds yeah. like I, I definitely do it because <laughs> like it helps that there's other people doing it. Um, mm. And I know we were talking about personal invitation like at UCAT the other day, and um, I definitely started doing that because of personal invitation. Because um, one of the folks missionaries sat me down. And she's like, "Hey, you should be praying holy hours," <laughs> and I was like, "What? <laughs> that sounds like a lot of time. Like an hour is a long time." And do, to do that consistently. And so now I'm very lucky. Like, my friends are also doing it. So it's just kind of, like, built into my schedule. Of, like, they'll text in a group chat, like, hey, I'm going to go pray my holy hour at this time. Like, anyone want to come? And so um, just kind of building that habit and that schedule is something that I think I'm very lucky to have now. But just something that I had to grow into. Like, it was hard um, at first just being like, oh, I have to drag myself. And there's so many other things I could be doing. Um, but it's definitely worth it. Wow, but putting so many good people around you is a real, just, just building up your, your character, really. And all like the, the Vanderbilt, Belmont, all these students that we have come in, we, we always say when they leave, like, they, that these are the ones who are, are living it out every day. Like, wh- why they are the, the way they are is because of their doing the Holy Hour and attending daily Mass. And are, are you able to see that transformation either when you talk to them in person or just by seeing in your mind, like, wow, these students are changing in, in front of my eyes. Yeah, and I think the pretty cool thing is, like, they don't know that they are changing. It's like, But we are kind of on the outside, like, oh, look at that. Jesus got her, you know, Jesus got him. <laughs> and then see, you know, the, then holy, you know, getting holy and getting transformed and everything. And then I think it's like Jesus is so gentle, you know, because if he was like, hey, I'm going to do all this in your life, Probably we will run away from him, but then the the change happens systematic, and it's like, oh yeah, yes, I want to do this. And it kind of felt, you know, feeling the love of God, and it allowed him to bring you to him. Mm. And it's pretty cool to see that happening. And then as the process is happening, a lot of times we don't see it happen, but it's like, oh yeah, now yeah. Adoration, yes, of course, that's what I do, and then it became a, become a habit. I think for me too, especially during my college years in high school, I almost like thought to myself like the, the harder it was, the holier it was. Like I had to suffer in order for it to be good. Like I had to kneel on the on the concrete floors or be up in the middle hours of the of the night. But it doesn't. That doesn't make sense. Does it? The harder it is, the holier. You know, it is. for some people, it does make sense. Yeah. Some people need that. I, I guess I think so, the humility, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so. But yeah, you know, the the, the the awesome thing is God knows you and he knows what you need. Mm. Not necessarily what you want, but what you need. Wow. In one way or another, he will provide what you need. Jeez, and I think, uh, speaking of all your community here at UK, I think that's what I need to do too, that made me the, the, the man I am today is a great community of like young men around me building me up that, that were better than me in a sense that had, had either been there before or had their heads on straight, which is sound like what you have uh, through all the, the, the people you're with uh, at, at UCAT. And how is that for you, especially just having a, a community? Uh, is there a community of young women around you that are just building each other up and like, let's make each other better a day, but that people can, you can hold accountable and, and become better people? Yeah, absolutely. I found like, my core group of friends at UCAT um, and 
the the buzzword authentic friendship <laughs> comes to mind. Yeah. Um, it's like you don't hold any, there's no reason to hide anything or yeah, hold anything back. Just like the sense of freedom that I feel within those friendships, but also like, yes, we all like welcome each other and accept everyone as they are, but there's also like this push to grow. And so it's like if we see someone's not coming to mass or not praying their holy hour, like, what's going on you can hold them accountable yeah and there's that accountability and that gentleness and just like this desire for one another to be holy and to know god and to um like be with one another in that journey is just something that's really special Mm. and as we see that we see the beauty of it like that there's so much great community and uh you're just really seeing, seeing the fruits of it every day and over a period of time. And, and you talked briefly about the moments where maybe you don't want to be, you have to want to be there even when you don't want to be there. And, and speaking of that, uh, as you're kind of ending college, what, what are some challenges you faced or, or you're still facing either in your faith life or just as a, as a young student in general, what are some challenges that you face? That is a good question. Um, I think, it is very humbling to see when I lack um, structure and a schedule how easily everything can fall apart. Like when I go home for breaks, um, how easy it is for me to just like not pray and not keep up with my schedule and not go to daily mass because it's too early and I just like to sleep a lot when I'm home. Um, and so it's really humbling to say like, you you, you know, like I'll have these moments in prayer where I'm like, whoa, like that, that was God, that was amazing. And then, you know, the next day I just forget to pray and I don't <laughs> feel like it. And I'm like, okay, thank you, God. I needed to be humbled in that moment. Um, yeah. But, I, I think we all have those moments like where it becomes easy, but especially when you change your environment, I think the most common one is going back home. Like yeah. it gets not easy, but I get such a rhythm uh, of, of prayer while you're in college and you've got this, uh, but there's like a, a pandemic going on or the week of fall break or whatever, it, you kind of, you, you can kind of lose it a little bit. Um, uh, do you kind of encourage them to keep, to keep that, that rhythm father, I guess, of like, yeah, don't break this. Once you leave here, don't break this habit. Yeah. One of the things that we talked about is, you know, so maybe when you're in school, you have to wake up at five in the morning, whatever, you know, seven and whatever. Just I'm have not waking uh, up at well, five. <laughs> but, 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 you know, like for example, what? So when you guys are here, you have some kind of uh, schedule. Yeah. Make a schedule for you. It's okay that you're gonna wake up at nine a.m. or ten a.m. Whatever you know. Yeah, it's your time to to rest or whatnot. But then, what is your schedule? What is your prayer time? Because if you don't have a schedule, it's just like gym. You know, if you don't put on your schedule, you don't go. Yeah. Because you get too busy and you know you don't go. Remember when I was at some uh, at some Philip, I had like one hour of gym every day. So it's like you know, thirty minutes late, it ding my phone. I was like, okay, I have to leave. And I'll go. So it's kind of the same way. What is your schedule going to be even when you break? Maybe, you know, it's going to be harder because, you know, you have a, you don't have a 5.30 mass, but you have an 8 o'clock. It's too early. But, yeah, you can go and then come back and sleep, take a nap. You know, so kind of that stuff. So you have a plan to do before because if we don't, we're just going to, oh, you know, not going to happen. I think speaking of like the, the gym and those and those habits and and prayer, it kind of reminds me of like Lent right now. How there's so many things 
that we that we want to do kind of seems overwhelming. Like uh, if, if you're start, if you're someone starting from scratch, you're maybe just going to mass on Sunday and uh, just kind of praying regularly morning and night. You might want to take it all in at once, being like, I'm gonna be at church at seven o'clock every morning, and I'm gonna pray at four thirty every evening for an hour. And you kind of sometimes you overwhelm yourself, and then it all comes crumbling down. So you know? one of the things that I would say is your goals have to be three things. Yeah, they have to be concrete, they have to be achievable, and they have to be challenging. Mm. So I'm going to pray more. How? Where? What yeah, time? Specific. What are you going to pray? You know, it has to be achievable. I'm going to pray for three hours. No, you're not, because right now you're not praying five <laughs> minutes. Have to be achievable. And then it has to be challenged. I'm going to pray for two minutes. That's sweet. That's, you know, that's cute. But is that going to help you? Mm. So whenever we, you know, for whenever I talk to my directees, I always say there's three things. Goals have to be concrete, achievable, and challenging. And if you have that, it's like, yeah. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that is always good to have a spiritual director because you can say, hey, this is my plan. And a lot of times it's like, hey, dude, I know you. You can't do this. Mm. <laughs> you know, praying for two hours is awesome, but you can't do it. <laughs> you don't have two hours on your day. Oh, uh, Okay, so let's let's get for 30 minutes, 45 minutes an mm. hour. So kind of always have that second person outside that can say, this is crazy, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. don't do this. because, And then we get frustrated because we can't do it and you feel that you're a failure. So it's just good. Well, yeah, because it's not achievable. Mm. Or, you know, so kind of if we have those three things, I think we, and like I was preaching this weekend for um, uh, Sunday homily, you know, this is not something that is just for the beginning of land or for the whole land. This is for the rest of our lives. We have to push ourselves to be a better version of ourselves for the rest of our lives. Mm. We finish this when we finally get to heaven <laughs> and see God face to face. Up to there, we are training. Well, well Megan, here you are, a, a junior at Vanderbilt. What do you think about your, yourself, I guess, your situation right now and, and your future? You had briefly mentioned teaching, but what, what do you think about where you are now and where you'd like to be after college? You know, that is something that I do not know. Does it, does it keep you up at night, I guess? I, I don't really worry about it too much. I think it's one of those things that I've learned will work out. Um, just like focusing on God as the provider. Um, I think I worry more about like the little things of the stresses of today and tomorrow more than my big plan. I think I just kind of shove that off. But um yeah, I, who knows, maybe I'll be at Focus, I don't know, yeah. Jen Mar is going to track me down after saying that, but, That's yeah, hilarious. I don't know, so it's, whatever it, it will be, it'll be good and fruitful, and hopefully the will of God will be done. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you f- found yourself looking for guidance? Are you, we mentioned the spiritual direction a lot, is there kind of a, a, any of, a lot of that going on in your life as far as people who are, are older than you getting just getting guidance from people who have been in your shoes before. So I, I don't have like a spiritual director or anything, but I am in discipleship, which is run like through focus, um, which is just an opportunity to um, grow in relationship with the Lord and have someone walk with you through it. Um, and so I, through that, I do have that kind of like mentorship of every time I have a crazy thought, I'm like, what's going on or <laughs> have mm. a bad day. Um, I can just bring it to 
my discipler and she'll sit with me and talk me through it and give me advice and, you know, tell me when I'm being crazy. <laughs> Just, yeah. It's kind of a good outside perspective. I yeah. guess to look at things from 30,000 feet really helps a lot. Is that what they kind of help do? We have those focus missionaries on a yes. lot, but they yeah. talk you through life. and Yeah. Or a lot of things like there will be things that Jesus will be stirring in my heart, but I'm just too scared <laughs> to do it, um, which I feel like is is mission you know really would um, you feel something that you kind of like uh, maybe yeah i'm like oh i should probably do this like bible study i'm like oh, i should probably do this i think this is a desire that i have and i just sometimes need someone else to be like yeah you should do that here's how mm-hmm. um, and so it definitely helps to have that and father must give you just priceless advice every day i'm sure that you just oh, absolutely yeah. the best homilies that she could ever have in 5 30 mass <laughs> yeah every day i like when uh, on tuesdays we have spanish mass and so i like ki- I, I kind of know spanish i'm not fluent by any means so i try to focus really hard to see if i can like <laughs> um understand the spanish homily and then wow. you know have a little english translation afterwards do you do it in Spanish? Yeah, or? we do mass in Spanish every Tuesday, and then it was it started kind of the other way around because <laughs> uh, we had some Spanish-speaking people coming to the mass right yeah. before the Cursillo meeting. Mm-hmm. So I would do the mass in English, and then I would do like a little homily in Spanish, like it, uh, you know, like a yeah. three minutes homily or what I just said in English. Now we're doing the different way. We do everything in Spanish, and I do like a review of the homely in English. So. <laughs> I like it that way better. It keeps you on your toes. And it's a funny bit. because sometimes I see a joke or something like that and only two or three people get because they know it's Spanish and I'm still <laughs> like not really came there's right by my side she's laughing and then maybe one or two people in the back because like, oh they understand it. Oh I better behave. You know it's stuff like that. <laughs> That's actually really funny to see who gets the joke and Camden yeah. that, that makes perfect sense with Camden too. Uh <laughs> well, but Megan, as you're kind of finishing up school here, we're seeing a lot about your life and uh, uh, how you find the joy with the other young women around you and, and find the joy in, in your holy hour and daily mass. As you see yourself graduating here soon, a question, what what gives you hope in life for the future? Uh, to know that everything's going to be okay in a sense with all the anxieties and worries we have. Uh, just simply, uh, what gives you hope? That is a very good question. Um, I've definitely been praying about hope recently and just like where we find it and how we get it. Um, and it just comes down to God and in interior freedom. He talks about hope a lot too. So, um, definitely more formative things in there, um, more theologically sound. Um, but yeah, you need to know God to help to be able to hope in him. Um, and so just getting to know him. And I think for me personally, knowing God as the provider and knowing that the father is faithful and he keeps his promises, um, just gives me hope. And so I don't know what the future looks like, but I am able to know that he is good and that he will provide and it will be fruitful and beautiful, um, whatever it looks like. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the future is going to look like, but, um, I know God, so. I know it will be good. That's that's part of life uh, is to trust those uh, anxieties and those worries, especially the ones that, like, that keep us up at night when we can't fall asleep, that you don't kn- know what's going to happen. Like you joked, if, if you'll be a focused missionary or, or teaching in your dream in high school, which could happen in a couple of years or wh- whoever knows when. But you just you, you trust that, you know, if you've gotten this far and it, all the things that you worry about never really come true, I guess. Uh, well, maybe she'll become a Dominican sister and teach math. 
knows? <laughs> and and quick last plug before we go, just out of my curiosity, the book Interior Freedom, how's that impacted your life? Quick synopsis on what, what that is. Okay, so it is Father Jack Philippe. Um, and basically he just talks about how to have <clears throat> interior freedom, you have to just let things be, not focus on the past and not worry about the future. Um, hearts anxious about the future are not open to the grace of the present. Um, that's one line in it that I've really been praying with and depending on um, the past week. And yeah, just kind of allowing things to be, especially suffering, um, allowing it and accepting it and yeah, being open to it and to whatever God wants to make out of it. And it's when you accept it that the burden is so much lighter. Um, so yeah, and then you'll find interior freedom, hopefully. <laughs> Gee. Wow, to accepting those things and, and just that's so simple, right? <laughs> right? It's just so easy, you guys. <laughs> just let bad things happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, to let things be and, and just to, to find that freedom in, in our life. Uh, Megan, thank you for being a guest on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's uh, been fun. And uh, thank you to, to our guest and, and to Father Javon as well for all of his insight and to, to Jim Chandler for all he does with our show. Uh, we hope you, you, you enjoyed what you heard and you felt related in a way uh, as you're journeying through college and, and finishing up school uh, remember you can find our show wherever you get your podcast by searching for belonging for young catholic adults uh, my name is zach jansen and thank you for listening to belonging on wbou nashville catholic radio